All right, everybody. Welcome back in episode four, No Man's Land Tennis Podcast 2023. Not much going on in the world of tennis, but a few tournaments here and there and some Davis Cup as well. Cole, walk everybody through what we, I guess, kind of missed. Yeah, so it's the end of the week, start of a new week. Two first-time winners last week. One's an American, Alicia Parks. She won Lyon. She took out hometown favorite Caroline Garcia. Hello. Um, that was a, that was a pretty good match. It was, uh, you know, down to the end there. Both full sets, full sets. Uh, went the distance. Um, and then Lin Zhu, she won Kuhin, who I ended up having a great relationship with on social media. <laughs> Kuhin's uh, another ladies' tournament in uh, Thailand. Um, but yeah. Uh, two first-time winners. I really thought Andrescu was going to win uh, Huihin. I just like saying it, guys. Yeah, really. Can we can we stick? I'm so <laughs> confused at what tournament this is at this moment. The Huihin is the Thailand Open, everybody. Okay, that's that's what we're going with. <laughs> if I gotta listen to Cole say that one more time, I'm gonna bash my head into this desk. Yeah, I'm gonna cut it off. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Andrescu was the uh, wild card number one seed. Um, Midweek, I was saying that she was going to make a deep run. Um, she made it to the semis, and then she withdrew. Um, I think due to fitness, um, she's already into. Uh, she's already arrived in Abu Dhabi this week, which I know she's playing. Um, I guess she just didn't want to test it, but she's back up in like thirty-five area ranking. Um, but yeah, I was really pulling for her to win. She couldn't pull it out. Um, but yeah, those are your two first-time winners on the ladies' tour: Alicia Parks and Lin Zhu. Yeah, Alicia Parks to me, unfortunately, is like the only American that's kind of dead to me. Uh, she and, and before and before you wonder why, before you wonder why, I actually don't have anything against Alicia Parks. Uh, she just was a Dunlop girl. She signed a couple of years ago and is a Dunlop favorite over here. Uh, she kind of dropped that sponsorship, and she's been playing with the Yonex recently, but they've been painting the racket to look like a Dunlop. And I think it before this tournament. So she was playing as I like to comfortably call a Yunlop or a or Donex uh, racket. It was just kind of funny to watch. It's like very red square racket being swung around. And now she left Dunlop. So dead to me. Really, really annoyed. <laughs> really annoyed that Alicia Park switched over. Um, I thought we maybe had somebody on the women's side finally. And uh, no. <laughs> yeah, she moved into the top 60, right, Cole? 51 today yeah that's huge. low yeah huge so 51 I think, and she's 22 years old that's i was gonna ask how did she, she did she just turn 22 or she turned 23 23 this year i don't have the exact date keith <laughs> i know that she's 22 <laughs> it's it, it the women are just really just like we're starting to see that like re like you know it was for a little while was you had like some younger players make some jumps and win some like weird matches, some great matches, make like a U.S. Open run or like a Wimbledon run. But now they're starting to stick like Coco Golf is sticking. And uh, obviously Alicia Parks is showing that now she's a WTA winner. And a lot of those players are really starting to stick now. And it just shows like how much more mature you have to be to be on tour. And it just feels like these women are maturing so much earlier in terms of their mental acuity to the game. Yeah. Thir 13 women inside the top 60 13 american women and 13 american men inside the top 60 usa any any of them gonna win a major <laughs> fritz we'll, we'll have to wait and see yeah i'm going with fritz. fritz and i think that coco golf's career is going to be way too long so she's going to win one 
That's fair. That's um, fair. Side note, did you see how Alicia Parks won on match point? No, I did not. Uh, Garcia hit a kick serve wide, and uh, Parks just slapped back and cross court winner. Done always, tournament. That's always the best way to win a match if you have the yeah. opportunity like that. It's just that's just special. That's such a cool yeah. way to win a. That's such a cool way to win a match to to do that. I, yeah, my young especially mop girl. Being your, especially at being your first. That's ballsy. I know. Yeah. When it took FAA like thirteen times to like win his first to win his first tournament, and he like didn't win a set in any of his first like <laughs> it, like it, I don't think he won it, it. I think it was honestly like he was like zero and eight, wasn't he? Yeah. And I don't think he won a set. He didn't win a set in any of the other eight. Well, Alicia Park said, that, "Yeah, it just goes to show that uh, guys got to take lessons from the girls every now and then." Alicia Park said, uh, "Thank you, sir. Can I have another?" Rich <laughs> one. <laughs> Uh, other thing going on this week was Davis Cup. Fred, Fred mentioned it earlier. Um, Switzerland upsetting Germany was a big one. Uh, Stan got it done on the final match of the tie. Uh, Switzerland won 3-2. Obviously, no Roger Federer. It's not like he would have played Davis Cup anyway. He, he, once. Like, he played it he once. They he won. did it once. Uh, they won. But I know. He got he added that little uh, star to his career, but he wasn't an advocate for the Davis Cup schedule, I don't think. But uh, yeah, so Switzerland advances, shocking Zverev in Germany, and then the Finns, man. The Finns qualified for the first time in, like, ages. It was awesome to see Rusevori, like, celebrating up there. Really cool. Um, it's nice seeing these countries that don't really get the, the shine uh, go advance to the Davis Cup uh, finals. So it'll be the final. They're in the final 16 teams, which will be in Malaga, Spain. Yeah, I I think the the coolest thing about this portion of the Davis Cup is some of the venues that get to host. I, I just see some stuff on Twitter, and man, where where were they? It, was it? I forgot. I got I got to rack my brain and figure out what uh, country this was. But they were hosting like a concert or something in their main arena, um, and so by the time they figured out like two months ago that they were going to host this tie, they were hosting it in like. A fifteen hundred seat like barn. I mean, it felt like it felt like where me and Keith have like played a tournament before. It just, I, I I couldn't believe it. But it's it's awesome. Like that's what this is all about. It's like some big countries got to go to some tiny little country and play on the red red clay down in somewhere in South America with the rowdiest fans in the world. So Davis Cup is is cool. That atmosphere for the Vavrinka Altmaier match, which is the one that clinched it was awesome and it was it was a great atmosphere for two guys that really aren't ranked that high i think what is Favrenka like 80 in the world and altmeyer about 85 like they're yeah, both they're actually maybe worse than that i think it may have been like 85 and 90 uh for both those guys uh but it was a sick atmosphere altmeyer had like 35 come-ons in the match and they were like double-fisted come-ons like shaking like it was it was fun to watch um it's still cool to see Vavrinka compete. This is kind of where he's at in his career where like this means a lot to him. So I'm kind of appreciative of him playing Davis cup because you realize that like, he's probably not going to compete at the highest levels again. He's not the guy that went on that stretch in 15, 16 and 17, where he won three majors and looked like one of the four best players in the world. At that time, I thought he was better than Murray and 
I mean, just took the well, rack out of Djokovic's hands. He beat Djokovic three times in those routes in the majors, beat Nadal, of course, in the final of Australia. But it's fun to see like a guy like that who's 37 on one knee and he's still competing out there against a much younger Altmaier and like, you know, giving his all. Yeah, it's uh, it was fun. The, the takeaway for me at the end of that tie was uh, when he's doing his interview on court after the win and he spent it went three and and the all of the Swiss team just come out. They, they put a, a flag over top of his head. And they all just start ju- start jumping on him and cracking jokes and laughing. At him. It's good. It's cool. I mean, these guys made Swiss tennis, him and Federer. So, you know, you see all these kids jumping up and, you know, Hustler and uh, Stricker. Uh, some of the younger, good. yeah, some some of the some of the Swiss, some of the Swiss kids look really good at, on the court. Like they're going to be their their uh, country in uh, is going to be fine in tennis. I, I know they don't have a lot to choose from, but the ones they do, they look pretty good, look pretty strong. But it was just nice to see uh, Stan sort of get his get his moment in the sun there because it's like Federer took all his shine anyway, being from Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, they... I don't know. I don't think I don't think Fed ever took Stan's shine because Fed was Fed was so elegant and so pretty with the way he played, and Stan just like it just like you felt bad for the ball when he would hit a forehand or a backhand. You just like like that had to hurt. And like, I could not imagine at that time where he just like, there was one guy in the world who took the racket out of Novak Djokovic's hand when Novak Djokovic was at his best and said, and, and he did it all the time. And it was Stan. He came up big in those, in those, all those moments. So I actually think Stan has his day in the sun and anybody who watches tennis always wants that backhand. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think Djokovic just didn't expect Stan to ever attack that much. I think he just expected a neutral ball from the Swiss. Oh, oh. dad joke of the day from Fred, everybody. Dad joke. And, uh, I, I was holding it in as Cole was talking about the young Swiss guys. I'm like, ah. You've, <laughs> you've, you've never seen somebody on camera get so excited for that lame of a dad joke as Fred did when – like, because I, I saw it in your eyes. I was like, ooh, Fred's got something to say here. And <laughs> – Couldn't couldn't help my couldn't couldn't help myself with not as much of of tournaments and and pro tennis going on right now. I think kind of shifts us to thinking more about the amateur game and and tennis for the rest of us, as Keith likes to say. (laughs) Tennis for the everyman. Yeah, tennis tennis for the everyday man and and women. Um, But I think yeah, just talking a little bit. Every man is not exclusive there, Fred. Yeah. I don't know. It's Fred's 20, walking a tightrope. Doesn't want to get in trouble all of a sudden. Every it's every 20. Homo sapien. This is tennis for the every Homo sapien. If, <laughs> if you identify that way. Um, <laughs> no, this all this all came out when, um, like you know, we we always talk amongst this group and about all our stories about the times we've played, and like some funny stories because, like, I'm I'm right now. Uh, I play USDA pretty regularly. I play for like two men's teams during the summer. I play for two mixed teams over the winter. For those asking how I do that, I live in like a spot in Philadelphia where I'm really close to Delaware and to Philadelphia. So I can play for a Delaware team and a Pennsylvania team. And they're both just as close for me. And we were just starting to talk about all like the funny stories we've had against playing, like either people that are just like the biggest assholes on planet earth that you can't wait to like get rid of in a match or the people that are just the most fun to play with. And you look forward to, and all the times you've had all the good times you've had on court. And, um, I know Fred and I have had one of those matches before, and I, I want Fred to kind of tell the story of our of our match in uh, in Upper Dublin, a money tournament last uh, 
was it last year, Fred, or two years ago? Man, that was. I think it was last year. It wasn't this past Thanksgiving, but it was yes. Thanksgiving 2021. Yes. Um, yeah, because there were still masks and everything going on with with COVID at that point. But yeah, I think yeah, Keith, I came up there and I was playing. I, I was looking to compete and play some tournaments, and so I decided, all right, I'll go play singles in this money tournament up there and they had a doubles and so i decided to hit you up and see hey man like we should do it and it was an absolute blast we played two 17 year old kids who are going to be division one like high division one tennis and keith you're holding your own out there well you you played against one of the kids in the singles and i yeah. think i think yeah. one Pretty straight, but it was it was tight. I think it was like six three seven six or seven six six three. Some, I remember the. Yeah, I think it was six six and one. I think or six. Yeah, seven. that's what I, I remember. Six and love. It was one really tight set. I think I saved a set point, and then it was like six love second set. The 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 thing you got to wonder for all the listeners here is like, like I came with my now fiance and Fred had his girlfriend with him at 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 the time, and there was like two parents watching the match, and I was like, I just went to the parents and just went like, please tell me they can drive home. Just like at least give me that for when I lose this match for like poor Fred here that like they can at least drive home. And I mean, I'm a computer rated 4.0. Um, I'm a pretty highly rated computer 4.0 that matters for anything. And I'm a UTR six for those that don't know UTR's universal tennis ranking. It gives you a basis on how well you do in singles and doubles. And Fred's an 11, I think at the time that tournament, I think you were an 11 at that time, just getting back into it. And we played two tens. In that tournament. So these guys were like twice as good as I was. And we completely hung hung in there, had some fun, bantered. I probably did a little too much trash talking for my level and uh, <laughs> and just just had the time of our lives. I mean, Fred, do you remember the warm up of that match? Like what, what happened on the first ball? Yeah. I mean, you sent one set one into the rafters. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I intentionally grabbed, and this is intentional because I looked over at Fred right after I did. You he, you can you can back me up on this, Fred. I grabbed a forehand and a one-handed backhand grip and swung, and the face was so open the ball popped into the rafters, and the two kids instantly after that went and talked to each other, and I was like, oh, this is perfect. They may start taking a light on me to start this match off. <laughs> Just thinking that I was like going to hold us in there, and uh, like you know they. they they were good and it was it was a feisty match, Fred. What did we lose that? Like we, we lost in we lost in straights, but I think it was like five and a breaker or four yeah, and a breaker. Uh, five and six, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I had to claw back in the second set. We got the break back on a stand like one handed backhand. As I was I was in my element. Like I was the worst player. I served well that day, but there was a when when crucial points came into play, it was hit the ball at Keith. And I understand that. I understood that strategy. Fred was so good. And uh the kid is going backhand to backhand with me on the ad side and he starts coming in and he hits like this, like kind of wide chippy ball. And I flick a one-hander past him. Of course, it's the only shot that Kate missed the entire fucking match and <laughs> just ripped one by him. And like former teaching pro, I know all the stuff on doubles. That's probably why we did all right in that match. I, I sat there and yelled at the kid. I'm like, doubles one one son, don't make an angle. <laughs> <laughs> and Fred's just all fired up. He's like jumping on my back in the middle of this. Like it was just, it was the most fun I think I've ever had on court in terms of just like, and like, you know, it came down. I think we lost in that breaker like 
seven five too. Like it was really close. Yeah, we really were close down a lot in the breaker and we got all the way back. We saved like three, maybe even four match points. And we got back to six five and you yep. hit you hit a great return. And I just I it, like you joked about it after the match, but you were like it, it was almost like I wasn't ready for you to hit a good return. I was in a position where you were gonna hit a return over the middle and the kid was gonna poach and poach I was it. ready to defend the poach. But you hit a sick return, and all of a sudden I was three steps too far back and had to hit a pickup ball, and then the kid painted the line on a winner down the line. Yeah, it was a great shot that he hit. And and, and to show how, how good that level was that match, they had a big come on and like like a Brian Brothers chest bump as a result of that match over like me. Like it was like it was like I'm just like the most like above average tennis player that could ever live. And they're like chest bumping each other. And it was it was funny because Fred and I talked about it. I was like, Fred, I think this is the only mistake you made in the match. It was a match point. You just like didn't expect me to hit a good ball. Yeah. Kid, this is after you said doubles 101 son. And oh, then yeah. yeah, so you knew he was gonna rip a come on. Oh, no, they they were ripping come ons in the, oh, the whole in the, match. In the whole match, it and got the parents, really tight. And the parents were like banging on the glass up top and clapping oh, yeah. every point. Oh yeah, it oh, got God. really tight this match, and and oh. I mean that in a good way. Like they weren't bad. They hooked me once, and Fred yeah. actually called him out and said, "No, that's <laughs> our point." And it was in the breaker. If you remember, yeah. it was in the breaker. Um, one kid called it out, one kid called it good, and Fred was like, "Nope, he called a good switch." <laughs> yeah, my like, just not. It's not gonna fly. <laughs> The memory on you two is just incredible. I don't have memories like I don't have a memory where like I can remember every single point. Or, the, like, more, the more you play, like you're you're starting to play in this league now. Like the more you play, it, it'll happen. Because like, dude, I can remember like when I'm talking to my team, I'm thinking back on matches. Like I can remember specific points from specific matches my sophomore junior year of college. You yep. just you you remember. It's just when you play all these matches and you're and you're competing at that like level and you're just that high intensity, you remember all that stuff. So you're, you just, you're competing. You're starting to compete really for the first time since like high school for you. Yeah. I got a, got a, got a men's match tonight. Uh, it's match four of the eight week season. Uh, I have a confession to make. I haven't lost yet, but I'll say that the average age of my, of my league is probably 55, 60. That's with um, that's with Cole, everybody. That's with Cole <laughs> being equated into the average. <laughs> so uh, moving out here to Phoenix from uh, the D.C. area, just wanted to start playing a league. Freddie has always been, you know, I lived with Freddie back in D.C. He was always pressing me to get in a league. Never really had the time with the work I was doing. Uh, now I have a lot more time. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Just sign up for a league, thinking that it would be a bunch of like 25 to 40-year-olds. No, I'm the youngest by a landslide. So it's uh, it's fun. I'm getting match reps, I guess. Not really having memorable points. <laughs> um, but this, I mean, I'm going to try and win it. I should win it. I should be kicked off this podcast if I don't win it. And uh, next uh, next year, we'll, we'll bump it up a, a bracket so we get some real testy matches. Because I want to I want to grind a little bit. Well, I mean, hold on a second here. Hold on a second here. So, Cole, what position are you in through the through the three weeks right now out of eight? All right. So the scoring is a little interesting. Hold on. We don't play. Out we of don't how many? play three sets. <laughs> I didn't ask these questions. <laughs> oh, because we gave you the answers. We admitted we lost. We don't, I we don't of me. play. 
we don't play three sets, so it's games, right? It's it's total games, and that's how everything is scored. And the most games across two sets. So uh, I haven't lost. I mean, I think I'm fourth in total games. I definitely played one of the better guys on the first night. Uh, he was actually pretty solid. He was like 50, I'd say. And his back end was really good. Um, and and it was it's it's cold here at night, guys. I don't want to be out there for more than an hour and a half. So if I win seven games, I'm not above like kind of getting the next five or five done fast. Excuse City over here, man. <laughs> I, I guarantee I guarantee a two and two at worst tonight. Oh, I love that. Wow. Okay. Well, we're gonna follow up on that. Is this BB tonight? I don't know who it is. I'm not not worried about it. <laughs> we were we were doing some scouting uh for Cole and we found I found one of the guys on like tennisrecord.com and I looked it in and it said like M75s next to it. And I was like, wait, hold on a second here. And I like clicked on the other people and realized it was like a 75 and older. <laughs> and and Cole's playing this and 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 me being and Cole's like, what do I do when I play this guy? And I was like, and I was like drop shot him put him in the dirt baby put, put them in <laughs> put him in the dirt like, like there's no whole bars there's drop shots and lobs all day long let's see what let's see what the man's got is it on cold I've clay got, I've, I've got an older gentleman tonight so I, I i'm just gonna be polite an older gentleman an older gentleman <laughs> does, does he get two bounces with the chair or does he <laughs> come on come on come on what matters is the hardware at the end of the year. We don't tell people <laughs> about who we're, who we're beating. <laughs> no, for you, this is just good. You just got to get these match reps in, like no matter what it is, and then just keep building your way up. Yeah, I absolutely. mean, I mean, we may rag on Cole for this, but like I, I remember, I remember when I uh, when I taught at, at Westchester, and uh, there was an older pro there named Leslie Pixley. Uh, she played at Penn State, but I mean, she played at Penn State back in the day. Like Leslie is probably like seventy now, and she wanted to like, we, we had like a mixed doubles match for inner club and we played together and, and Leslie can't like at this point can still hit the ball, but she can't hit it more than 40, more than 50 miles an hour. And she just carved these people to death. Just like, she like, she would like float one. I would cover the right spot and like get the ball back defensively. And she like went back as she's like a national champion for like grass courts for like 40 and over. And like, you could be that age and still grind and still be very good. And Leslie was very solid, right? Very solid at where she was. Yeah. I had a feeling she was an older woman when you said Leslie, because I don't think anybody under the age of like 35 is named Leslie right now. Everything's hit. Everything's hit continental and everything's hit just so smooth. Just everything was just uh, for Leslie. Just so, so, so carvy all day long. Uh, I've been car. I've been carved up by a continental killer before. Oh, continental killer! A little alliteration. Oh, yeah. Where we got back dad jokes was, and alliterations. Back when I was uh, getting into tennis, and I actually got a job in tennis uh, when I was like fifteen. One of the members at the club I was working at, you know, I was just doing camps for five to eight year olds, making sure they don't kill each other with a racket, and then doing some shop hours. People come in, and ask me what. What's the specs on this racket? I'm like, don't even know what that brand is yet. But yeah, one of the members asked me to hit, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go hit it around a little bit. I was, you know, playing high school tennis at the time, can hold my own, and I'm just like dead at the end of this match because this it's just left, right, left, right, 
so consistent. Um, but yeah, that that was that was a humbling lesson. Just because you're younger doesn't mean you're better. No, I think I don't know. As we talk about a lot of the stuff that we really love, uh, is there any pet peeves for you guys as we've been playing over the last few years? Much time do we have on this podcast? Uh, <laughs> I mean, there are obviously so many things to, to love about the game, and we're gonna get back into that. But like some things that I like, I can't cannot stand are as I call them the warm up winners, and then you get the Wimbledon champions. Uh, the warm up winners take the warm up like completely seriously. I know within three balls of a short court warm up if I'm gonna enjoy playing against the person I'm playing against or with a partner if I'm playing doubles. Um, I'll never forget when I had a match where I had a partner of mine fist pump because he won a point during warmup, like the five to 10 minute warmup you do before a match. He like fist bumped and came back to me. He was like, Oh yeah, we got to hit it. We got to hit it there. His backhand's not good. My backhand's better than his. We can go there. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I've haven't hit a ball more than 40 miles an hour right now. Like I am just trying to warm up and <laughs> And it's just one of those things where it's like warm up, warm up, champ, warm up champs, warm up winners are just the worst people to play against because you know they're just they're just too serious and too brutal about the game. Yeah, the warm up can be brutal. Uh, for me, I just want a little bit of a rhythm to, to before I go into a match, and I just don't like the people that don't that aren't on board with that. Like, stop slicing every backhand in the warm-up that lands inside the service box like it should not bounce three times in a warm-up it should be good rhythm volleys overheads let's go to serves it's not like hone in the slice so it gets real low it's not hit winner on the second ball and most people are are like they're good at it. They have an idea of like how to warm up, but a lot of people just do not know how to warm up. And that's what's crazy. They're not knowing, not essentially the winning warm up, like your situation, but man, the not knowing of how is what bothers me. And I just try and remain level and not lose it pre-match. Yeah. The way the winning of the warm up is funny to me, I, I think. I, I don't know. Right when you said that, it made me think of a story from, I don't know, probably 12 years ago when I was playing a tournament and they send everybody out on the courts for the 8 a.m. matches and you're warming up and you look over and this kid's just down on the ground. Hey, Fred, how how old were you? Wait, how long ago was this? We're, this is we maybe 12 years old. 12, 12 years old. When you were like, <laughs> yeah, like 12 or 13. And like you look over and this kid's just on the ground, like like in pain. And I'm like, all right, like some, like he's, is he sick? Like I, I didn't know what happened. And apparently the dude at the baseline was hitting the kid volleys and he just roped a forehand at the kid hitting volleys and it drilled him right in the nuts and had to default the match. And I just, I don't know. He, he won the warm up. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, okay. That, that's a, that's a good way to win a warm up. I mean, he didn't just win the warm up, Fred. He won the match on the warm up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's just oh, it's a technicality. That's a quick way to get your match over with. You know, listen, that, listen, that's almost plan. I thought I thought Cole, you were all about the trophies. Thought I thought you just said you're all about the trophies right there. That's right. <laughs> hey, hardware, hardware is hardware. Right, did you have to play that kid in that tournament? Because I really hoped like you were his next matchup after like, you both 
won your first round matchups. <laughs> no, no, I, I didn't play him. I, I actually knew the kid. He was a tennis buddy of mine's brother who was actually a lacrosse player. He just happened to be his mom signed both of them up for the tennis tournament. And it was the lacrosse kid who drills the kid in the warm up because he didn't know how to warm up. Lacrosse and, player, I mean, should have worked up. Well, no, I think he he oh, did. The was, other kid did it. Yeah, <laughs> it was the, it was the lacrosse player was the one who hit the kid in the nuts. <laughs> do you know, do, 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 I wonder what his thought was during the next warm up? Was probably just like, as a twelve year old kid, he probably felt bad. He's probably just like, this ball is going nowhere near the net. That, that, pretty- that, he, that kid didn't feel bad about anything. Oh, I-, I think he was like, hey, let's try and do it again. <laughs> sports <laughs> easy. I like sports yeah, simple. I like this whole uh, not playing a whole match thing. You think that was one of the twelve year olds that could outserve Cole? on the serve machine or do you think, um, do you th- <laughs> I think I think he was. Yeah. I think he would be. Yeah. Oh gosh. I, I don't know. We'll see. Cole. I mean, Cole was just talking earlier. It's really cold in Arizona. So maybe that's why his serve. Is not over. <laughs> oh, God. Getting Look, if you haven't listened to this podcast yet, we're four episodes into this relaunch and there's probably a good five minutes in every podcast where Coley gets roasted. So get used to it. <laughs> We're getting my server numbers up, service numbers up. But uh, I mean, tonight when he's playing these old guys, it's looking like 150 miles per hour. <laughs> Fred, I don't know how you did a laugh. That, I mean, a, a cry that sounded like Waluigi. But you found a way to get the like the like it's like like Wario in that thing when you were like you did that. Wah. Yeah, that's just that's cool. I'm just used to it. Oh, <laughs> unbelievable. Even all the way out in Scottsdale, I got you, Cooley. It's cold. It's cold out here at nights. Nah, you don't know cold. Keith, Keith's like Keith's in a stone house living like <laughs> In in little bumfuck Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania baby, <laughs> and Cole's in sunny retiree Haven, Scotts. He's like, yeah, it's a little gold out here. Get out of here. It's brisk at night. It'd be hard to hit Cole. It'd be hard to hit Cole in the nuts then if it's that cold. That's all. I- <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, that's that's sort of how it's driving you crazy, right? With that wind in the warm up. What about uh? What about what about ways to make that amateur experience a little bit more fun? Yeah, uh, Keith, take it away. I, I think I think you. I know where you're going to go with this. I mean, I remember I remember when when I first started playing tennis, and uh, I, I taught myself how to play in Blacksburg, and then I started teaching pretty soon right after that. And that's actually how Cole and I. What was that? Nice flex. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Please. Please, I'm an out of sh- I'm an out of shape white guy. Like this is like the the nobody looks at me and it's like, yeah, that's the tennis player right there. Like we got to we got to sign that kid up for his his mouth doesn't stop. His is we nickname Roger Fatterer in this in this bitch. Like it's just like, like but um, <laughs> I really like it when Keith brings a microphone close to his face because it really gives an emphasis on his oh, nickname. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but um. We started teaching. I remember, like the cool thing about the clubs that I worked at, and and the great way about playing tennis was uh, is is that there was like a, a a lax way about it. Like the whites only thing on like wearing like uh, of clothing is got to go. And there's like that's like the way tennis is portrayed. Is it's 
is that it's like the white only clothing and and you have to take a thousand lessons and you have to do all this and you have to yada and it scares people away from playing the game but like real tennis is played like when i was a pro at westchester we used to we'd have inner club matches in the morning and we'd start at like eight or nine depending on what matches they were and i remember one of the members who i loved would like break into the clubhouse because it was like too early in the morning and like steal beers and write down on a piece of paper, hey, Bill blankety blank for eight beers and would walk it down for the rest of the team. And I'd be like, yo, man, it's 930 in the morning. I just played an hour and a half long singles match. Like, what are you doing? And he just goes, oh, it's Stella. It's a breakfast beer, Keith. <laughs> and I just remember sitting there like, that's like, that's the way tennis is. Like tennis should be done in a way that just like promotes like, like exercise, having fun and enjoying it with your friends. Um, and I have like 10 more examples of that, but I want to kick it over to you guys and, and just. Yeah. The best, the best, uh, you know, trip that I had or experience I had was the trip up to see you when we were living in, uh, in DC when I was with Freddie. Um, and I, we came up to watch Djokovic Medvedev Australian open, which wasn't that good 20, of a final. That 21 and, as well. Yeah. 21. Yeah. Yeah, we stayed up late watching that at what three thirty. That was fun. Bloody marriage um, with Keith. Then, huh? Bloody marriage with Keith too. <laughs> <laughs> That's when it was coined. And then uh, before that, I mean, that match was at three thirty in the morning. Uh, but I think before that, we we just got like we got like fries and stuff, and we had some food out at the paddle courts, and we were we were drinking beers and having a good time. Watched the tennis match into the next morning, and then we all went to. The Dell Castle, great facility up Brand there. New facility. Uh, yeah, and then and we all we all played, uh, kept it loose, and just had a great great trip, great weekend. Um, and I'll remember that. I mean, I moved out here, and you know, time flies by. You know, I'm so old now. Now that I'm playing in the upper aged men's league, um, <laughs> but yeah, those are the type of things you'll remember, and you'll you'll make friends that way, and it makes you want to play again, and makes you want to have more experiences like that. I don't want to go to clubs and put on white shirts and, you know, like be reach a, like have like a quota of like your level to, to step on the tennis court. No, it's not fun. It's more fun to have beers and burgers and fries and have a little hit and giggle. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a cooler on the court. It's a bad court. I mean, yeah. that's just the truth behind it. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of like paddle tennis. Like when me and Keith are playing in our paddle tennis leagues, that's the atmosphere that surrounds that. There's everybody's always drinking a beer each set, and you're still getting a good sweat in. It's cold outside. There's maybe some music going. It's just a, a more relaxed and fun, but still competitive enough atmosphere. But you also don't feel like you're getting, as Keith called them earlier, the the Wimbledon champs of the world that you do get in a lot of these other tennis settings. So I'm, I'm hoping that as kind of time moves on and some of these other sports like paddle and godforsaken pickleball are becoming a little more popular. It's, it's starting to breed that environment a little bit and hopefully it bleeds into tennis a little bit more and people realize you can actually get more of a workout and still have that fun that these other sports are having. Uh, I know like, I mean, growing up for me, probably from when I was maybe 15, 16, 17, like end of high school, there was always these three or four guys who would organize a doubles game at my dad's club. 
And I would just 4 p.m. on Fridays is what you did. You played four to five thirty, and you played a really competitive double set, and just ha- had some fun. But it was it was competitive, and then they'd all walk over to the men's grill at the club, and they're drinking beers till 10 p.m. And it just it's it's great. And so now that I'm post college, I've still been joining in. I mean, it's probably it's nearly 15 years later, and they're still playing. Um, but it's it's kind of I don't know. I wish it would expand past those four or five guys. It's it's like not enough people are really buying into that. So it's just these select little groups you got to find. I think it does. I think the problem is just like with tennis, there's such a winning mentality behind it. Like, especially when you get USTA captains and, and team captains to get brutal about it. Like I'm, I'm, I'll never forget uh, this summer uh, when we had a, uh, excuse me, last summer, Kate was in a two, five league for tennis. I show up to every one of her matches. I'm going to leave here and go right to one of her matches tonight. Now, 2-5, for those who don't know, is the pretty much the beginner's level of tennis. Like, these people, not Kate, because Kate's with me, so she always, she she's, she knows what she's doing, but, like, these people have trouble keeping score and all that kind of stuff. And Kate's playing against this one woman who just is destroying her. I mean, in a doubles match. It's just, like, far head and shoulders above everybody. And I after the set, I'm like, hey, Kate, just work on your positioning and have some fun today. And their captain was like, are you, are you trying to coach? Are you trying to cheat? Like, and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, it's two, five tennis. Like, let's just let them enjoy and have some fun playing tennis. Like, that's what we're here to do. Like, you're going to win this match. You're not going to have a trouble. I'm like, what am I also going to tell somebody at two, five, three, like hit the ball on the court more often. Like, no, it ain't like it, like it is what it is. And like, those are the people that ruin tennis. But for every five of those, I think there is. I think there's like three or four people like us that want to like bring music onto a court and play and have some fun and like do some fun games while you're playing. That's outside of just like, like, you know, fist pumping and winning matches. Uh, And I, once those people start getting a little bit more and golf had this makeover recently, that's when tennis gets more fun. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more, Keith. (laughs) <laughs> the advocate for amateur tennis. I absolutely love it. And the way it should be played. Yeah, I mean, it's not hard. Like, it's, it's, I, I got guys at the club doing, I got guys and girls at the club. I hosted like a point play at the club with like eight people and like six of them never played tennis. And we just like got drinks, went down and like had like a blast. Like, one guy was in his golf spikes, like sliding around on clay because of the fact that he like, saw us he saw us playing was like oh do you, anybody have an extra racket i'm like yeah i got an extra stick come on down and two of them now start playing tennis like two or three of them now started playing tennis and one of the guys actually took it and started running like a sunday morning like men's league um not a men's league but like a men's round robin they would have two speakers hooked up to each other running through the courts at running through the courts at where we play at and just playing music every sunday and it's like those are the people you want to play tennis with those are the people you want to have fun with yeah, that's it's really awesome. what I was. It's really what I was hoping to uh, find in this in this league that I joined was like a group of guys that you know in, were in my age range that we could you know play some matches and uh, maybe get drinks after or things like that. Can't really do that with this group because it's still around their bedtime. Um, but I'm hoping that we can break that barrier down a little bit out here in uh, Phoenix. Give you some so. pills for your prostate. That could help you out a little bit after. <laughs> after. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll see how play? the years go by out here. 
Do they play with the dentures in or out? <laughs> oh my gosh, Keith. Dread. All right. Well, why don't we transition a little bit here before we say something that gets us kicked out of this podcast? <laughs> um, getting the bump. Fred, uh, Keith, I'm going to start with you because I think your boy Alexi's been up to a whole lot. Yeah, Alexi's been up to nothing. Uh, he's been up to up up to nothing, and I'm okay with it. I got no problem with it. Uh, he's training. He's getting ready. He's honing in his game. Uh, for those who don't remember, Alexi Poprin uh, getting the bump pick. Started the year at the pick at 123 in the world, up to now 88, I believe. Uh, picked up some. He picked up two places in the live rankings because Riley Opelka has died and gone to heaven, and we don't know where he's at. And Opelka is just dropping off points. Off planet Earth, I think he's injured. I don't know. He's taking uh, art classes. He's taking art. He's Opelka's he's going to, taking art classes. Yeah, Opelka has gone the way of Milos Raonic. I just don't know where either of those two guys are, and like you know, Popperin's benefiting, but that's uh that's pretty much what's going on with Alexi. Yeah, Lahetchka, he played in the Davis Cup, like we talked about earlier. The Czech Republic played against Portugal, and he picked up two wins against. Chihuahua Souza and Nuno Borges, two straight set wins. So he picked up right where he left off after making a quarterfinal at the Aussie, and he's 37 in the world. So already reached the top 40 that I predicted him to be at. So I guess, I don't know. I mean, who's the genius now, Cole? Ridiculous pick. I don't know. I, I picked uh, Sabalenka to, to win a tournament. She did. And then I picked somebody else to win a. To, to win a, 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 the Australian Open, and he made the final. So, I don't know. It's a pretty good time right now. Uh, but, yeah, I guess I can extend my geniusness to you as well. Um, I have – Can you just use the word geniusness to describe how smart you are? I don't know if that's actually a word. Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. <laughs> I made it up. My intelligence. <laughs> Caused me to make up that word. My, let me get to my player, damn it. <laughs> I have Arthur Cazal uh, from Montpellier, 20 years old. He started the year 271, 275-ish area, um, and he's up around 220. He won his first round this week in qualies at uh, Montpellier, uh, 250. Um, and then he actually lost today in the third set. He was up 3-0, ended up losing the third set 7-6. So I think he's gonna he'll be sticking around to... 20 to 26 range, but you know, sky's the limit for our French boy. And then, uh, just a shameless plug we're all friends here, Arthur. Should come on, should come on the pod, talk about how the next few weeks, next few months are going to be for you. And, uh, you know, keep, keep, keep the boys abreast and, uh, we'll be rooting for you all the way. At least I will because, you know, I picked you. So I got you got to make me look good. No shameless plugs from you two. I guess that's because both of your players are already sort of arrived. I mean, if, if we got Lexi Popper on this thing, I'd be unbelievable. That would uh, and cash and checks. I mean, God, I'd love if he came on. I think it's yeah. fun that we just, we not only picked guys that are like, they're good players, but like from their personality, they feel like fun guys too. Like Popper and like, we talked about this in earlier episodes, but Popper post-match interview after beating Fritz at Australia was sick. Like it was cool. And um, he just felt like a fun guy and 
like you know Aussies are always a good time you gotta get the Aussies on so uh it'd be great it'd be great to have them on yeah that'd be awesome I guess Ned this this upcoming week already we got three we're back in the swing of things and we got three ATP 250s uh we got Dallas so we got our first first one on American soil and Cordoba and then Montpellier like Cole touched on earlier so we'll we'll have to keep following our guys and and we'll touch on those tournaments as we go into next week yeah we got we got there's two ladies events as well but before we go i mean keith being being the philly native super bowl is this weekend oh baby (laughs) your eagles gonna do it they're gonna i want i want to make they're they're gonna do it um they're going to do it and then they're going to and they're going to go down they're going to go down is the last 25 years as being the second best franchise in football behind the patriots obviously because they'll have their second super bowl been to three have had like three losing seasons in that time span but there's not enough time in this podcast for me to talk about how great the eagles are and how they're gonna how they're gonna beat kermit the frog and uh in kansas city but i actually had a question for you guys what two players most identify or most are similar to the Super Bowl matchup we have going on between the, the Eagles and the Chiefs? Oh my gosh, that's a that's a hell of a question to just throw out there like that. Uh, Chiefs, I'd say dynasty. So, um, Djokovic. Oh, so and you then, wouldn't you wouldn't save Djokovic for? See, I would have saved Djokovic for the Patriots. Like well, nobody really, we're nobody we're really likes him. Yeah. Nobody really likes him. Like, you know, like there's always a little uh, speculation about what's going on. And Chief, and Chiefs are fed. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's some elegance and trickery in those play calls. So I'm definitely, I'm definitely, all right, I'll align with you on that, Freddie. It's like, uh, it's like why the same reasons why in the NBA, the Warriors are fed. Yeah, that's true. Chiefs, Warriors, fed, same, same category. And then who would the Eagles be? The Eagles would be, uh, let's see, John Isner. Oh, no, don't, no, don't do that to me. I was in a good mood. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I got to think. I will say, uh, I'll say Stefano Sitsipas. Very, very solid. Gets it done every once in a while, but will always come up short against the best player in the world. No, but like who who is somebody where people just hate their fans? Like who's a player that has fans that people just hate? Like outside of Novak, I guess. Yeah, uh, no, it, it as talk to Fed fans and talk to Nadal fans, they all hate each other as fans. Um <laughs> I'm worried. I'm worried that the correct answer if you're going with they hate their fans is Kyrios. True. Because everybody hates Kyrios fans and everybody doesn't like Kyrios. Um that's what I'm worried about. And also, like, you know, you get the, like, you know, uh, no one likes us, we don't care aspect in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, what the, how does that, ch- how does that chant go, Keith? Can we hear it? No, the, no one likes us. No one likes us. No one likes us. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> do my best, do my best, Jason Kelsey, during that. Well, let's go, let's go rapid fire picks and then we'll send it away. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Eagles. Oh, Fred. <laughs> that was gonna be the lone lone bird. Nah, Eggles, uh, 20, no, 31, 31, 28, 
Jake Elliott, the best tennis player in professional football, won a state doubles champion in high school and went very far as a singles player as well, had a chance to play some college tennis, kicks a game-winning field goal. We wrap this thing up. Wow. What a tasty nugget.